I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together you and I can prepare to live outside the walls. How do you handle stress? I mean, there's opportunities every day. It seems like uh, we can we just can't get away from the the incessant uh, progression of of stressful situations in life. Uh, just look at the news on any given day. The last few weeks, uh, the news has been completely overrun by tragedy and crisis and uh, natural disasters. Uh, we've seen several hurricanes. We've seen Hurricane Harvey and Irma and Maria all do just massive amounts of damage, catastrophic damage uh, and, and loss of life. The entire island of Puerto Rico is without power right now and will be for months. Uh, and so there's, there's opportunities externally for us who are not affected by those tragedies uh, to, to offer our prayers, to try and, and somehow feel a sense of empathy for those who have lost everything. Uh, and who are in the midst of trying to rebuild. Uh, we've seen uh, a couple of just massive earthquakes in, in Mexico, uh, all at the same time. And uh, again, catastrophic damage and loss of life. And, and so we offer our prayers for them. We, we stand in solidarity and do everything that we can, everything within our power, uh, not only to say, hey, I'm praying for you, but actually to spend time in intercession with their specific intentions in mind, but also to find ways to help financially, to find ways to help make a difference there on the ground. Uh, but we have our own stresses as well, because even as we are turning our attention to those who are external to us, uh, we have issues that face us directly, uh, whether it be uh, dealing with uh, that stressful coworker, right? Uh, or whether it be, you know, trying to figure out your kid's homework, uh, trying to to understand your place in maybe your family structure and maybe your parish structure uh, and maybe your circle of friends, that something, some little crisis uh, is keeping us on our toes all the time, unrelenting. So how do you handle it? What do you do with that stress? Well, we're going to be talking about that today in a couple of different ways, but specifically exploring uh, devotions. Uh, what does it mean for us to be active in our faith and in our prayer life in such a way to ad really address the stress that we have in our life through deepening a relationship with God? Those stressors that we face, uh, they can drive us to distraction. They can keep us so completely preoccupied with what is right in front of our face that we miss the eternal perspective, what's really important. Uh, in fact, a, a few weeks ago, we had Sister Teresa Alethea talking about remember your death, memento mori, uh, that we keep the end of our lives in our mind to remind us that these little uh, abstractions are unimportant in the long run. They're stressful, they're overwhelming, they, they take up our attention right now, but in the long run, when we face the end of our, our life, these things that cause us so much uh, pain right now are, are going to be really just unimportant in the larger scheme of life. Remember, remember that time flies. Remember your death and, and to live with that in mind. And in that conversation with Sister Teresa, she mentioned that several years ago, one of the sisters 
approached the founder of the order and, and said, uh, you know, we have all this work to do and we're just really stressed and we're not able to really do it well and we feel like we can't fit everything into our day. And so he thought about it for a while, the, founders of the, the founder of the Daughters of St. Paul. And his answer was, add, an, add a half an hour of adoration to your day every day. So they went from one hour of adoration every day to an hour and a half every day. And what they noticed, and, and what I've seen true as well, is that they were able to actually get everything done when they added the time in prayer. And it's completely counterintuitive, but it makes sense in this way. First of all, it puts in proper perspective the tasks that we have at hand. Because the tasks that are before us a clamor for our attention uh, and really kind of cajole us and threaten us and, uh, and kind of spin in front of our faces in such a way that they want the constant attention of, oh, look at me, you've got to get this done, you've got to get this done. And just the process of that frenetic energy uh, adds to the stress and makes the task more difficult. It makes you less effective in that task. And so by spending that extra time of devotion, what the sisters found is that those things were put in proper perspective. They were able to see what truly was important and what really wasn't as important. Yes, the jobs still had to get done, but they weren't worth the fretting. And then the other part of it is when you do spend time and you are able to calm your soul in the presence of God, uh, the work that you have to do, you're able to do with more focus. Because now all of a sudden, it's not this uh, frenetic pace spinning in front of your head, reminding you every instant that you have to do it. Now your focus is on Christ, and everything's calm. And you don't have that, that frenetic energy demanding your attention, because your attention is on Christ. And so now you can do the work with focus without the extra stress added. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about how devotion can calm anxiety. So later we're going to be talking with Allison Gingras. Uh, she is a speaker, author, blogger, and much more. You can find out more about her over at ReconciledToYou.com. And she's going to talk about how her practice of devotion has specifically helped her deal with her anxiety. And she's going to offer us some pragmatic suggestions of uh, specific devotions you may look into to help you as you are dealing with the stresses that 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 hound you every single day. Uh, before we get there, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about when I first really began to see the power of uh, of specific devotion prayer uh, in dealing with stress. You know, growing up, when I would hear the word devotion coming from an evangelical background. My idea of devotion was you sit down with a Bible and you read all the way through it, like five times, and then you journal about three notebooks full, and then you wake up the next day and you do it all again. Uh, there was this idea that somehow I had to be uh, smart enough to come up with a reading plan and then pour out my heart about what that specifically meant, and that was what devotions were, Right. Uh, th then there was a sense of, well, maybe you can get a, a devotional, right? There's a different little devotional reading every day, and it's basically some guy sitting there telling you uh, how you should be spiritual. And most of the time I left that feeling not edified, but, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm never going to 
reach this. And I ended up actually more stressed from the practice, from, from trying to practice devotion, uh, because that's what you're supposed to do than, uh, than anything else. And so I, I recall after we became Catholic, uh, I had some little experiences here and there. Uh, but most of all, when I would try to approach prayer, it was on a, on a necessity basis, right? I had some prayer that I needed to pray. And so I, I didn't really experience uh, any kind of peace in that. And so after a while, here we are as Catholics, uh, I went through the diaconate uh, aspirancy, that first year of seeing if, hey, is this deacon thing worked out for you? Is that what you're called to? So I went through that discernment process. And part of that was getting together once a month with other men who were going through the same discernment process. And we would pray the liturgy of the hours, among other things, in the classes we had to do. But we would go in and we would have a holy hour uh, and sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, we'd pray pray the, uh, the, the Vespers, sit before the Blessed Sacrament for an hour uh, before moving on to the rest of our work. And I would sit there until I was no longer thinking about everything else I had to do, right? And any time that uh, a thought would come up of, oh, well, don't forget, you've got to do this on Monday. No, you push it down and you just sit in silence. And I would find some, uh, some phrase or some something from the, uh, the liturgy of the hours that we had just prayed, something about the character of God and his sufficiency and grace or something about uh, his care for us. And I would just repeat that phrase and use it to silence any other, uh, any other thoughts that would come into my head. Something would try and pop up and say, oh, this is an important thing. And I'd say, no, no, no. What's really important is the Lord has mercy on those who fear him. The Lord has mercy on those who fear him. And I just sit there until suddenly probably about 30, 45 minutes into this thing of trying to silence the voices, I would hit this moment of peace. And it was no longer a straining toward trying to find God in this peace. It was, oh, here I am. Here it is. And everything else melted away. And there it was, just me and my brothers, my, uh, sitting before the Blessed Sacrament, sitting with Christ, fixing our attention on him. And I'll tell you what, once that broke, and I had to do it every month, it never got easier. It always took me 30 or 40 minutes to get to the place where I could let go of the rest of the day and it broke and I could just be in the presence of God and not worry about anything else. And I have learned the value of fighting through my own stresses, sitting right in front of Jesus, sitting with Jesus, and trusting that he is the most important thing. And through the devotion, through that practice of devotion, I came to find a place of peace. We're going to be talking about that much more right after the break as we talk with Allison Jingris about how her devotional practices help her overcome her anxiety. Don't go anywhere. Join the conversation over at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. We'll be right back right after this.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and the implications of our faith on our daily lives. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Today, we're having a conversation with Allison Jingris. She's the founder of Reconciled to You Ministries. You can find out more about them over at reconciledtoyou.com. We'll put a link up on our social media as well. Uh, And she founded that in 2009 to share the awesome discovery of the love of Christ and the abundant gifts that come from opening our hearts to the embrace of God's grace especially in our everyday, ordinary lives, which is kind of what we talk about here on the show. Pleasure to have you here, Allison. Thanks, Timothy, for inviting me on. I'm excited to spend some time with you. One of the things that I really appreciate about your uh, your writing and your social media presence is the level of vulnerability that you take into it, uh, not just, hey, here are some things that may work for you. Uh, I've got some great devotions that really will help you overcome anxiety. But you you talk about your own anxiety in the midst of this. And, hey, this is something that I've found that's really helped me, and it may help you in that same way. Well, I kind of got, well, first of all, it's part of my personality. My name, Allison, means truthful. So I can't really be anything <laughs> else but who I am, which is very authentic and just kind of share. I'm kind of a sharer. <laughs> but I kind of got that from St. Paul. Like I was reading one day in the scriptures and I'm, I'm a cradle Catholic. So I know the scriptures, but I don't ever know where to find stuff in the scriptures. So you get the Al- and you get the Allison Abridged version. But in it, he says, <laughs> whatever you are comforted in, then you will be you will be used to comfort others in. And, and so you know, having that knowledge, and once I read that, I knew that that's what I needed to do. And God put on my heart or showed me a way that was comforting in my anxiety, which is, you know, I could be an Olympic medalist, truly really a gold medalist in, in my worrying that if God's going to give me these great insights, that it would be selfish to keep them to my spa- myself, especially given uh, my call to ministry. Mm-hmm. Now, he- here is uh as someone who is active in ministry, you go around and you uh, have speaking engagements. You also uh, are pro- a prolific writer all across the Catholic blogosphere. Um, when, when the rest of us on the outside, we look at that and we see that and we think, oh gosh, I, I struggle with uh, anxiety. I could, I could never get to that place where I put myself out in front of people and I'm, I'm so vulnerable. Uh, what was your journey like to get from a place of, of anxiety uh, significant anxiety to a place where you are now uh, somewhat comfortable or or muscling through uh, entering into caring for others and ministering to others. I think ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how not to be like this. And I think because I'm still on the journey that I have those days where I feel like I am you know, triumphing over my fears and my worries. And then I have other days, you know, when I read the news and I see things that are happening and I'm just almost paralyzed by that fear. And I have to kind of go back to square one and, you know, relook at the things that worked. That's kind of, and, and, you know, you talk about me going out and speaking. Well, also on social media, a lot of people reach out to me and they share their struggles and what they're worried about. So I feel uh, almost a, a duty to them to look further into, you know, what has God given us to help us through these difficult times? Because he just didn't put us here and say, good luck to you. See you when you die. (laughs) (laughs) He's love. You know, John says he's love. God is love. He's love himself. So of course he gives us every tool and and every help that we need to to live this life into abundant, you know, come to give us life and give it to us abundantly. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think of uh, the various... uh, 
encouragements in Scripture, the, the, the command that we read in Philippians that says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and praise uh, and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And I go back to that one quite a bit because I find myself worrying. And it's one thing to say, don't worry about anything. But the minute you say, I'm not going to worry about anything, all you're thinking about is, oh, I'm not supposed to worry. I'm not supposed to worry. And I love that passage in Philippians because it gives you the prescription, not just don't worry, but don't worry, do this instead, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and and so there's there's some amount of, of freedom that the scripture acknowledges our nature is toward worry. Our nature is to, to realize we're out of control and to try and somehow wrangle control back. And yet here God is saying to us, you're not in control and really that's okay, bring it to me. Absolutely. One of my favorite scripture passages. And this one, I do know the address to Matthew Ooh. 6, 27 or Luke 12, 25 says it twice that can any of you, he says, add a moment to your lifespan by worrying. Mm-hmm. That is so like stop you in your tracks. Listen to Jesus kind of moment where he says you, you can't change how how worrying what worrying does worrying doesn't change anything but but prayer changes everything and so when you turn that worry into a prayer and not the kind of lord can you turn this you know could you can you make this the way i want it to be but right. that surrender like that scripture you just talked about one of the the ones that kind of gets slipped in there is with thanksgiving right Make your request to known with thanksgiving, prayer and petition. And it reminds me of uh, Father Solanus Casey, who would, who will be beatified sometime before February. He's an American saint, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And Father Solanus's big saying was, thank God ahead of time. Right. And so to, to worry is, is useless. Again, another one of my favorite saints, Padre Pio. Don't, you know, don't worry, pray, hope, don't, don't worry. Mm-hmm. We're talk- Again, Allison, abridged version. Sorry. <laughs> We're talking today with Allison Gingras of ReconciledToYou.com. Uh, today is Padre Pio's feast day. Uh, and so that's just a great thing that you would bring him up in that regard. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you do in those moments of anxiety. We, we, you know, it's, it's well and good to say, oh yeah, we just offer it up in prayer. But I want to talk today about some specific devotions uh, because when I first became Catholic, I came from a, a Protestant background where, you know, devotion meant, oh, that's the time you read in your Bible and write in your journal every day. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it was very open-ended. Uh, what I love that the Catholic Church offers uh, is very specific, laid out, ordered, possibilities. It's like going to a, a buffet and saying, hmm, I'm hungry. Uh, I, I need something to eat. And, and the Catholic Church lays out all these devotions, whereas when I was Protestant, it was like you go and all you get are, uh, you know, the, the, the dry goods and the, <laughs> in the pantry. And it's like, I've got, to, I've got to put something together with this. Whereas the, these Catholic devotions that are offered to us in, in the midst of our, uh, our fear or our anxiety or our, our sadness, they're kind of ready-made for us just to go and pull out and and get into. So talk a little bit about how you first began to approach devotions and, and noticed them making a difference in this anxiety. Sure. I, was, I grew up Catholic, but I grew up pretty much in name only. We went to to uh, mass only during times when we were in religious education classes. We took the summers off. The only time I remember praying as a family was during thunderstorms. My mother was 
petrified of thunder and lightning. And so she'd pull out the rosaries. And it's the only time we ever prayed together as a family. And it was the only time I ever prayed the rosary growing up. But that devotion, she didn't, I don't think she realized was kind of the start of me understanding that the church had these beautiful devotions that came with promises and comforts, consolations with them. So I started to pray the rosary during thunderstorms. And then my grandmother who was a very devout woman, my grandmother, Alice, she, uh, who I happened to be named after, she used to tell me to pray the rosary to fall asleep. So she lived very far away and my parents would drop me off for sleepovers. And then, you know, as a little kid, I'd get kind of antsy and not want to spend the night. So wise, wise grandma would give me the rosary and tell me to pray it before, you know, to fall asleep. And I thought, great idea, grandma, this is going to be so boring. I'll be asleep before I know it. (laughs) And did it work? It it, it did work, but not for the reason I thought it was going to work. It worked because it was the power of God, our blessed mother praying and interceding for me, helping me to get rid of this worry and concern that was keeping me from sleeping. Mm -hmm. So that's the the first devotion that I really learned could help with my anxiety and my worry was the rosary. And it came with these great beads for like 53, (laughs) like worry stones. (laughs) I remember we we had just become Catholic, uh, my wife and I. And in order to become Catholic, you know, I had to leave my job. I worked in a, in a Protestant church. Uh, and so here we were. I was a brand new Catholic, and I, I wasn't really very comfortable with the Marian doctrines yet. I accepted them. I accepted that the church was telling the truth. I really was uncomfortable with uh, the, the Marian prayers on top of that. And so mm-hmm. here we were, um, brand new Catholic and no work, and we were trying to find work, and getting rejection letters, and, and just not having much success, and my wife and I would sit uh, on the edge of the bed after one of those letters, and it's like, okay, we just, we need to pray, and I have no idea what to pray. My my words have run out, and yeah. so we pulled out the, the rosaries, and uh, brand new Catholic, really wary of rosaries, and we begin to pray it together, and just the the immediate level of peace in my soul, like a big heavy blanket over my shoulders, that mm-hmm. uh, I could feel that this was doing something. It was providing a grace to me. It was uh, I, I trusted at that moment and through that experience and the intercession of the saints. And uh, that was just probably my earliest experience with finding the efficacy in this practice of ready-made devotion that was handed to me as a gift from the church. Mm, Beautiful. We're talking today with Allison Gingras of ReconciledToYou.com about how devotional practices can help us deal with, mitigate, and overcome uh, anxieties of our everyday lives. Well, what about you? What are the devotional practices that you seek out when you're in the midst of a stressful day? Go on over to social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. And talk to me. Talk to uh, everyone else that's listening. What are the things that help you make it through the day? Maybe you'll find something that someone else does is exactly what you need. And maybe someone else will benefit from your experience. So let's have that conversation together. Don't go anywhere because we're just a short break until we continue this conversation with Allison Gingras about how to overcome anxiety through devotion here on Outside the Walls.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and implications of our faith on our daily lives. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam, and today we're talking with Allison Gingras of ReconciledToYou.com. She's a speaker, an author, and much more. Go take a look over at uh, ReconciledToYou.com and see what they have to offer there. Allison, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. My pleasure, Timothy. So happy to be with you. Recently, you wrote a, a blog post uh, about devotions for wor- <laughs> for worriers, and you tagged me in it on on Twitter. I wasn't quite sure what that was about, but <laughs> were you trying to tell me something? Uh, perhaps. But let's talk a little bit about these devotions that you listed, and and what you see their place is it for those of us who live in worrying times, both writ large in society and just in our personal lives. Well, first, I'm going to to talk about the uh, being tagged part. That was what I'm going to call a Godsidence moment, where the Holy Spirit kind of connected us, because I don't remember doing it. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) So clearly, uh, the Holy Spirit wanted us to have this discussion and knew how to jumpstart that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just seems recent, especially recently, there's just so many unsettling times. There's things happening in the world that are just, you know, there's so much beyond our control. It's, it's nerve wracking. We, we, I'm a control freak. I want to make it better. I want to make it go away. Or I I just want to somehow have an influence on what's happening. And I realized that I I can't in my little suburban home, uh, nor nor can I, I mean, one person obviously can make a difference, but, but God, God can make all the difference. Nothing's impossible for God. And with these devotions, these, I'm a doer. So for me, I need a to-do list. I need something to physically be doing that helps me to get out of my head and not to get kind of in that hamster wheel of worry and concern. So I find like these devotions, so there's the Divine Mercy, there's Sacred Heart, Immaculate Heart. There's so many of them, which again, I didn't grow up with any of them. And I feel like every day I discover a new one. They give us this this to-do list that helps us feel like we are actually participating and making a change. And with prayer, for me, I feel like it rarely changes the outcome, but it always changes our insides. It always changes us. So the best work of prayer is on us to be able to, uh, to have that to-do again, to have that to-do list, to have something physically or tangibly active that I feel like I'm not just sitting here worrying, and but that God is saying, speak to me, child, tell me what's on your heart, and I will send you the consolations. A lot of these devotions come with promises, and I notice that there is a kind of theme to the promises that almost all of them offer you some kind of consolation from God, and I can't think of anything more important to somebody who's worries than to have a consolation. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned off-air that you've just now begun exploring this this Sacred Heart uh, devotion. And I'm curious, tell me a story about uh, a time that you really felt consolation uh, from God in the midst of starting out this new devotion uh, in a particularly troubling time in life. Well, right now I'm going through a chronic disease. I've just been diagnosed with what's called atopic dermatitis. And basically it looks like leprosy of the hands. My husband tells me I need to walk down the the uh, aisle of our house, the hall of our house, yelling, unclean, unclean. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's quite humbling. I'm a germaphobe on top of being a worrywart. And the uh, most dangerous outcome of this is is susceptibility to disease and to infection. So it's been really a difficult year. It started about a year ago. We still haven't really gotten to the heart of what is, is causing it. But I found in the Sacred Heart devotion, and it, it kind of started by accident. A friend of mine read about what I was going through and sent me this beautiful little handmade by some cute little nunny bunnies, what's called the Sacred Heart Badge. And it's just this little um, crocheted edge circular thing with the Sacred Heart of Jesus picture in it. And a, um, I guess it's the entire Gospel of John, she tells me, written in miniature. And it was just such a sweet gesture that I started to look up more about the Sacred Heart. And this promise is, again, if you... If you um, follow the devotion, which is going to seven, I'm sorry, nine first Friday masses, getting receiving communion, um, also confession, and then there's some prayers that go with it that I can share uh, with you to link to this, the podcast. But um, it was one of them was this comfort in your afflictions. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's, I feel very afflicted right now. You don't know how much you use your hands until you can't use your hands uh, anymore. So I think that's part of this this devotion has been feeling God showing me that he's with me. It's not going to take away the affliction. I'm going to still have to figure out what it is and how I have no idea how long God's going to allow this to be with me. But he has given me many, many beautiful insights because I've surrendered it to him through his sacred heart. Yeah, we're talking today with Allison Jingris of ReconciledToYou.com. And, and as you as you bring this up, I, it calls to mind a couple of things. First, it calls to mind, again, St. Paul, who had the affliction that he asked and, and begged that God would remove from him. Three times he prayed mm-hmm. this, and finally uh, God said to him, My grace is sufficient for you. Uh, it calls to mind also uh, the uh, Father Tom, who was just recently released after being in captivity mm. uh, with ISIS for for eighteen months, and he went uh, and was brought before the Pope uh, shortly after his release. And I loved what he said uh, to the Pope. He said, "I've I've spent these last eighteen months, and I've offered my afflictions for you and for the Church." And just the idea that we can take these things, which are very troubling to us, and and, uh, very often in our own human nature, our attention can just get completely consumed by those things that are afflicting us, right? You get pain and you look toward the source of the pain. Uh, It's just natural for us. And yet here the church is offering us through devotion and through uh, the grace of God to be able to turn our attention away from those things which distress us, to fix our eyes on Jesus, and to allow our uh, affliction to drive us toward affection for Christ. Absolutely. And I also saw this as a, an analogy, this this chronic uh, disease and, and giving this over to Christ, this uh, analogy to sin. You know, like one of the things that the Lord has kind of revealed to me is that, you know, a lot of times, this this things that we worry about. I mean, I think worry being ill is like when I in my work, I've seen like one of the number one things people worry about 
mm-hmm. getting ill or, or being chronically ill in one way or the other, terminally ill, whatever it is they're fighting. We Because I feel like this is the one thing completely out of our control. You know, sometimes we don't, and we have to really trust that God has a plan and a purpose for us in whatever our affliction is. And I thought about sin, you know, and from, in my case, my, uh, eczema is what is is kind of a um, it's a gut thing and if i give up eliminate certain foods and certain like wine that's kind of making me a little sad but right <laughs> then i will start to feel better and i'll start to heal from this and i thought about some of the sins that leave me spiritually sick and how i fight to eliminate those behaviors and even though I know I'm going to feel better. And so a lot of it's been learning the, dis- the the devotions teach me this discipline that I can now put into my life as I learn to eliminate the stuff that's making me ill and trying to embrace a new life that God has for me and trusting that this is for my good and not being so worried about the things that I have to leave behind, like wine and chocolate and cookies. <laughs> That's like the, the, the food groups right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I love this, this picture that you have of uh, look using our affliction to remind us of, of sin. Because so often um, we, we minimize our sins, right? We go to confession, and maybe we recognize that we're going to confession for the same thing over and over again. Uh, but generally we try to think, oh, well, yeah, my... My sin, the thing I struggle with, it's bad, but God forgives me. And, you know, everybody else's sin, you know, that sin over there, which is really public, that's a worse sin. My sin's not so bad. Uh, I love that um, that you use this affliction to remind you, hey, just like this affliction is very serious to me and causes me great distress, so too is my sin very serious and causes that same kind of rupture uh, in normalcy. And, and so... Devotion and the discipline of devotion is something that can draw us uh, closer to God. And as we grow closer to God and closer to holiness, those things that we have been holding on to tend to just fall away. Well, I think with any affliction, you know, when you turn to God, we need His grace upon it. Saint Saint Paul, that 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 the, the uh, affliction aside, the thorn in his side goes right into your grace is sufficient. Your grace is enough. And I didn't want to just take this disease and not learn from it. And so to be able to turn the affliction to God and say, what is it from this you want me to learn? What is it you're trying to teach me? And the, and I know that I was able to get the insight of what God, and he gave me many, many insights, came from the grace of the devotions. You might look at it being rote. You're just memorizing prayers. You're just repeating stuff. There's no fruit from that, but that's not true at all. In it, my, my worry center is being occupied by God's word and by his grace. And from there, he brings comfort, he brings consolation, and he just fills me with his grace that helps me see the truth of what's before me instead of what worry does, which robs me of the truth, makes me see things that are bigger than, you know what it does? I have a way of saying this perfectly. It turns my mountains into molehills. Mm-hmm. We've been talking today with Allison Jingris of ReconcileToYou.com. We're going to put a link to a couple of her blog posts about devotion so that you can find a way to counteract your worry with the Word of God. Allison, thank you for being a part of the show today. It's been my pleasure and honor, Timothy. Thanks for having me on. Join us over on social media and continue this conversation at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. 
When we go back, we got a reading from Scripture and Church History that will further this conversation. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and implications of our faith on our daily life. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Today, we've been talking about how we can mitigate anxiety through the practice of devotion. We've been talking with Allison Gingras. You can find out more about her and see her writings over at ReconciledToYou.com. I highly recommend you go take a look. Uh, I've been known Allison for probably about a year and a half now and just have really come to appreciate uh, her insights, her, her, uh, her writing, her social media presence, and most importantly, most importantly, the never-ending stream of squirrel memes that comes across her Facebook feed. If you're looking for a really good, uh, funny picture of a squirrel, well, by all means, just go right on over to Allison's Facebook page, and you will find more than you uh, could ever imagine. And what a way to, uh, to generate laughter and, of course, through the generation of laughter, maybe alleviate a little bit of that anxiety that we've been talking about today. Hey, have you ever been stressed? Uh, <laughs> uh, do you know someone who has? Well, if, uh, if you missed any part of this show or you want to share it with someone, the good news is it's very easy to do. You can go right over to OutsideTheWalls.com, click on the episode archive section, and uh, there, right there, you can find this show and all the other shows we've done. Listen to it again for your own pleasure, but also share it with your friends as an act of mercy uh, to give them the opportunity to find peace through devotion, to find a way to mitigate some of that daily anxiety that many of us face. While you're there, just across from the episode archive link, you'll also see a link that says Patreon, support the show. And if you love the show and you love the quality interviews we provide week in and week out, go ahead and click that link because this is an opportunity, yes, for you to support the show for as little as $2 a month, uh, but not only that, for you to get some extra content. If you love the stuff we do here, well, we've got more of this uh, just for those people who take the time and support the show. For as little as $2 a month, you get all kinds of extras from uh, book giveaways and uh, video chats. And the most important thing, I think, is the extra segment each week that I give you from our guest. So uh, if you go there today, you will find uh, an extra segment of a conversation that I had with Allison that we did not put right here. So go over to OutsideTheWalls.com, click on that Patreon link, and see what awaits you, the glorious splendor of extra giveaways. Uh, see if there's a level you're comfortable with, support the ongoing work we do here at the show, and get cool stuff in the process. Well, we're going to do our reading from church uh, history and from Scripture today. And today's Scripture reading is uh, one that is particularly close to my heart. This reading comes from tomorrow, from uh, Sunday Mass, and it comes from the, the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy, to our God, who is generous in forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. 
as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. That comes from Isaiah 55. And the reason this specific scripture is so profound to me is growing up, uh, when, when I was in elementary school, my family would wake up early in the morning and we would read five Psalms and one proverb every morning. And that would get us through uh, the whole book of Psalms and the whole book of Proverbs every month. Uh, and uh, what I noticed in those is that the Proverbs are very black and white. This is what's going to happen to the wicked, and this is what's going to happen to the righteous, and God is just in all of these things, and this is what will happen. And uh, even at that young age, I could see more of myself in the condemnations of wicked behavior than I could see of myself in the righteous person. I knew as a third grader that I was not righteous, and, uh, and it really spawned in me some sense of hopelessness and, and as we're talking about today, some, some great sense of anxiety. And uh, I don't remember, I was, must have been in high school when I first came across this scripture. And this was the first scripture I ever saw that said that a wicked person could stop being wicked, right? Let the wicked forsake his way. Uh, and and here was the hope that I needed. Yes, I, I heard the gospel all growing up, and yet here I could see, ah, there is a chance for conversion. And even though I, I see myself in the wicked person, I don't have to stay that person. And so I, I know it seems to you and me right now completely obvious, but to me as a, a young person, this was a transformational piece of Scripture. Now, today in church history, we're going to read from St. Francis de Sales, because it wouldn't do to spend the whole day talking about devotion as a way to counteract anxiety if we did not read from the Introduction to the Devout Life. This is just a fabulous book. You can get the whole thing online, and I encourage you, if you have the time, uh, pick up a paper copy, go pick up a—in a, fact, I will link to one of the ones that I found online— uh, spend some time with it. It's, it's a significant work, so it'll take you some time to get through it, but it's definitely worth your time. This comes from St. Francis de Sales. All true and living devotion presupposes the love of God, and indeed it is neither more nor less than a very real love of God, though not always of the same kind. For that love, one while shining on the soul we call grace, which makes us acceptable to his divine majesty, when it strengthens us to do well, it is called charity, but when it attains its fullest perfection, in which it not only leads us to do well, but to act carefully, diligently, and promptly, then it is called devotion. The ostrich never flies. The hen rises with difficulty and achieves but a brief and rare flight, but the eagle, the dove, and the swallow are continually on the wing and soar high. Even so, Sinners do not rise toward God, for all their movements are earthly and earthbound. Well-meaning people who have not yet attained a true devotion attempt a manner of flight by means of their good actions, but rarely, slowly, and heavily. While really devout men rise up to God frequently with a swift and soaring wing, in short, devotion is simply a spiritual activity and liveliness by means of which divine love works in us and causes us to work briskly and lovingly 
And just as charity leads us to a general practice of all God's commandments, so devotion leads us to practice them readily and diligently. And therefore, we cannot call him who neglects to observe all God's commandments, either good or devout, because in order to be good, a man must be filled with love. And to be devout, he must further be ready and apt to perform the deeds of love. And for as much as devotion consists in a high degree of real love, it not only makes us ready, active, and diligent in following all God's commands, but it also excites us to be ready and loving in performing as many good works as possible. Even such are as not enjoined upon us, but are only matters of counsel or inspiration. Even as a man just recovering from illness walks only so far as he is obliged to go with a weary and slow step, so the converted sinner journeys along as far as God's commands him, but slowly and wearily, until he attains a true spirit of devotion. And then, like a sound man, he not only gets along, but he runs and leaps in the way of God's commands and hastens gladly along the paths of heavenly counsels and inspirations. The difference between love and devotion is just that which exists between fire and flame. Love being a spiritual fire which becomes devotion when fanned into flame. And what devotion adds to the fire of love is that flame which makes it eager, energetic, and diligent, not merely in obeying God's commandments, but in fulfilling his divine counsels and inspiration. That reading comes from the Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. And, and right there in the middle, I love this picture that he gives of the different kinds of birds, right? The, the ostrich, the hen, the eagle, dove, and swallow. And, and the reason that I love this is because I think it illustrates to us uh, where our stresses come from, right? The, uh, the ostrich is earthbound. His perspective, while he's a tall bird, right? His perspective is always right there in the thick of what is immediately around him. And uh, the chicken, likewise, the hen, maybe it gets a little bit aloft, but for the most part, it is earthbound and everything is just right there, right against them. But through this devotion, through this love of God and this eagerness to be with him, we are given God's perspective, right? Now, all of a sudden, there is uh, altitude and we can see the true nature of those things that cause us such distress. And we can see from God's perspective just how truly insignificant those things are that trouble us. So this week, if I were to be able to give you some homework, it would be this. Pick a devotion, one of the ones that was mentioned here on the show today, whether you pull out your iBrievery app uh, or whether you uh, pray the rosary every day or whether you do a Divine Mercy chaplet, uh, whether you examine the... Uh, the, the devotion of the, to the sacred heart. Whatever it is that you do, pick something and just sit with it. And as you get stressed out and as everything that you're supposed to do comes into your mind, uh, persist and push those things out of the way just a little bit longer. And through it all, seek that love of God which will elevate you and, and bring you up to a place where you can see what really matters. I pray that as you practice devotion this week, you would find the peace you're looking for. That's all the time we have this week. Outside the Walls is brought to you this week by Josh and Christina Klee and all of the other people who support us through Patreon. Go to OutsideTheWalls.com and click that Patreon link to see how you can become a supporter as well. 
Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.